kingdom of the planet of the apes has arrived in IMAX. This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to the first ever edition of the Shock Factor Pod with a little bit of extra spice this fall. Coming with a little bit of a Rooney Report, we are joined by the ever-handsome, the ever-incredible, ever-intelligent, lots of evers, 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 Coach Mike Rooney. Rooney, how are we doing, man? Steven, this is, I can't tell you how excited I am for this. Uh, Even though, as you and I have chatted, you and I have a lot of things not in common. One of like you have this fabulous head of hair. I have no head of hair. You are a tall pitcher. I was a short utility player. Uh, I live on the West Coast. You live on the East Coast. The two things that we have in common are that we both are married to amazing women and we both love college baseball. So uh, I am super excited. I think this podcast, getting to do it with you, will help it will help grow me because not in height, but because you see the college baseball world differently than I see it, which I love. Like, you, you know, I mean that in a very positive way. So sorry about the long speech there, but I'm, I'm excited. Hey, I mean, that's kind of in the job description of what we do is long speeches. So, I mean, you started <laughs> off hot and of course I edit these myself. So one of the first people to hear this is my wife. So she'll be very happy to know that she gets featured right off the bat. I agree. We both married amazing people and we got very lucky in life. And so now we're here and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to share our two very different, but very similar. I, I would say in terms of different schools of thought, me and you have a pretty similar one, just you have actual wisdom behind yours and mine is just like, yeah, this kind of looks cool. So I like it. <laughs> but you know, the problem with wisdom, Stephen, is that like you, your outlook is so positive and like exuberant. And I, I don't, I'm not, I don't want to paint myself, myself as a curmudgeon. However, I do catch myself yelling at clouds every now and again. So like, you are going to help me like you, here's where you're going to really help me, Stephen. You're going to help me know when I'm actually yelling at clouds for no reason, just because I'm aging, or am I yelling at clouds because maybe the clouds need to be yelled at? Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes the clouds, they're just, they need to get yelled at from time to time. And so I'll, I'll make sure to keep you in check. And if I'm saying something and you're like, this kid, like that is the mindset of a six-year-old, you let me know. And that way I get, we, we check each other. We get that yin and yang effect, which I think will be a lot of fun. And, you know, going throughout the off season, we'll be talking about all sorts of intricacies of college baseball from, you know, silly topics to serious topics. Of course, there will be some episodes where you can tell that I've selected a lot of the narrative, a lot of the directions we're going, which 
you know, today is one of those episodes, but there will be others where it's heavily Coach Rooney giving us insight and introspection into the world of college baseball. So either way, whatever type of fan you are, whatever you're looking for, just stay tuned because I'm sure we will at least give you one ounce of it every week. And if we don't, just tell us what you want to hear and we'll do that. Yeah, done and done. Love that. Now, I I think it's going to be just the fall college baseball-wise is such a slow time, it seems, just because fans and, you know, the common common people don't see what's going on or what's going into college baseball. And that's why, you know, you have so many alumni who are still so close to the game and still going back to their schools and loving it just because they know in the fall when it seems like nothing's going on college baseball-wise – college players are having like the worst time ever because it is conditioning season. It's all focusing on strength training. And, you know, some guys, they do like that. I didn't. So obviously that was my worst time ever. So this is a time where I I think they deserve to be highlighted even more because it's that work that goes into making college baseball happen. Yeah. I think, I I think you, you and I agree on this, Stephen, that I like the fall, was a really fun time for me as a college player. It was a fun time for me as a college coach. If I go in reverse order as a coach, you know, you spend so much of your life recruiting these players and then you're worried about losing players in the draft and your current players and all that stuff. And when you get to the fall, you don't have the pressure of the season, but you also get to kind of see the the fruits of your labor. Like, Oh my gosh. Okay. This is the team that we spent all that time assembling. And then I think as a player, you know, at least for me, you have the season and then you go off into summer ball and you like work on stuff and you kind of gain confidence and then you come back. And one of my favorite things to do as a kid was pick up basketball. I was kind of raised on pick up basketball and fall baseball in college to me was like that. Like you're playing, you're inner squatting like crazy with your buddies, but you may have, you've picked up a move or you're more confident in something. And so you can't wait to get back and, you know, kind of get after your buddies and, you know, see if you have improved. And so, you know, plus there's the football going on in the background and I don't know, like the weather, you know, obviously I played college baseball in Indiana where it's cold as heck and the fall was a gorgeous time of year. And so I don't, yeah, I, I still am wired that this way. It's amazing how many things that happened to me as a player or a coach that are still hardwired into me, but I still like love fall baseball. It's one of my favorite times of year. And it, I love it one, because of course, bigger guy, it's way easier to sweat less during the fall. So I love that aspect of it. <laughs> I can wear, I can wear my long sleeves and feel phenomenal, but also it's just the, the competition when you're doing those inner squads, it's so much more personal because, you know, right. win, lose, or draw, if you're a pitcher or a hitter, you're going to be naked next to the guy in the locker room in like 15 minutes. So it's, yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, if you're going to talk your talk during it, whatever you may do, you're either backing it up or you're kind of just showing what type of player you are and kind of, it, it's kind of like getting to the bare bones of that backyard baseball feel of like, Heck yeah. okay, well, I want to get picked first. So I got to play good. I want to make the starting lineup. So I got to play good. I'm, I may like Billy. I may have math class with him, but right now I'm going to try to hit a tank off of him. It, it's yeah. just such a fun dynamic. It's awesome. It's so funny. It's this is ironic, Stephen. Like I'm during the season, I'm totally. I really struggle with bat flips. Um, I'm okay with the bat flip and stuff like that, but I just don't like showing up your opponent. 
Like I don't like I, I don't like eye contact. Like if you you know like if you hit if I hit a home run off, home run off of you, like I want to if I, I want to celebrate with my team, but I don't want to like rub your face in it. Um, so bat flips and eyeballing people and talking smack. However, that's in the spring. In the fall, I love all of that. Give me all of that because it's your boy, right? Like these are your buds, and like you said, you're gonna be in the locker room in 15 minutes. So it's like it, it, to me, it, I'm a hypocrite in that way. Like during fall ball, give me all of that stuff. Like throw your bat, scream at the pitcher, and vice versa. Because these are your boys, so I think it's all fair. Yeah, it's similar. It's just like we're all raised on busting each other's chops, like giving each other a hard time. Half the time, that just means we kind of like whoever we're talking to. So I I feel like it's just such a good time and like all the stuff where you're like, oh, that was personal. Oh, he's showing up the pitcher. Yeah, do it in the fall. Like that's when you're supposed to because you, you hit the nail on the head with they go to summer ball and they get better. And it's like, hey, look what I learned. And someone you know, you might be on the mound, you might be having a good time. And then someone shows you what a bad time on the baseball field looks like. And it's like, (laughs) Hey, I don't care what you learned. Watch this. And it's just like, all right, ball don't lie. So it's such a unique time. And it honestly, like the chirping, all the, all the trash talk, like it prepares you so well for when the season starts too, because these guys know everything about you. If you're great, if you want to be a great team, you got to know your teammates. You got to know all the personal stuff. You got to know, like at UVA, one of the most beneficial things we did as a team was like we shared with each other the worst times of our lives and like talked about it. And like we just got in a circle and like it was a very comforting and like great moment. I really enjoyed it. But they know these terror, like all, all your backstory, they know everything about you. And if they can't get under your skin, do you think a random fan is probably not? So I, like the fall is so important for that. And I think that's really when coaches find out who they recruited, who these players are. Heck yeah. Yeah. It's a clean slate too, right? Like, Hey, like the season during the season, I think like you have your batting average, your ERA, and you're kind of dragging that stuff around, even though we're all working on our mental game to not do that. The truth is we kind of just do carry that stuff with us. But then the season ends and you go to summer ball, you kind of disappear and then you come back and we're all excited. Hey, if we're calling a fish a fish, like the fall is the time of year where college baseball players can be normal people that have a social life and have fun and party and those types of things. And um, you know, but, but the fall, fall baseball is a clean slate. Like it's there, there's really not jobs that are already locked down. It's like, it's just, you know, it's a buffet it's, it's have at it. So yeah, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I think we've covered, you know, what kind of goes into the fall a little bit and we'll get more into it as the season rolls along, but let's kind of get into who we are and why, why we think people should even listen to us and why we have these two very different perspectives both of appreciation for the game but i'll I'll get started first because i'm I'm sure my resume might be a little bit shorter Uh, (laughs) less time on earth that's the thing (laughs) yeah hey look we're we're all working to get to the rooney status that is that is the ultimate goal to get to where you're at you you kill it with everything you do and i i'll let you get into that in just a moment but sure. I'm, I'm Steven Schock. I played baseball in, at the college level for six years somehow. Um, don't ask me to do the math on it because I really still don't understand. One year was at App State. Um, my coach parted ways with the program and so did I. And I went 
to a school that was closer to my home in UMBC. I played baseball there for two years, sat out for one year because you redshirt when you transfer D1 to D1 back in my day, at least. Um, and then I graduated somehow still on time. I had some high school credits that somehow came through at UMBC that didn't at App State. So it kind of put me ahead of schedule somehow. Don't ask me how. Um, graduated on time. So I got the grad transfer, which was you know, one of the only ways to transfer and immediately play back in the day, of course. Now we have the transfer portal and the one-time transfer. It's beautiful. Um, so I spent that year playing at the University of Virginia, where I played for about, I think it was 11 games I played in, and then the season got canceled and, you know, whatever. And then the NCAA was like, you know what? First time in the world, we're going to be pretty cool. Um, free year for everybody. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll take that. Coach O'Connor at UVA was like, hey, Steven, if you want, um, the NCAA said you could take the fall off and play one more year. Um, but in the fall, you have to like work and save money for rent. I was like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of how you pay rent. So that's fine by me. I'm, I'm happy to do it. I became a landscaper, then a state farm insurance agent in the fall. Um, didn't work out a ton, then went to UVA. Um, left my job at State Farm in the world of insurance behind me and uh, finished my career there where we ended up in the College World Series after starting the season, I believe in conference, we were four and seven, it was not looking great, but we just focused on hanging out with the guys, playing one more game. And ultimately I had an interview in regionals after playing South Carolina, which Playing for UVA against South Carolina was like a dream come true for me because growing up, you watch the College World Series. And in my age, it was like 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't look at Omaha and look at a game there and not see orange and blue or, uh, or the crimson. So it was like, okay, or what, what's the official color? Do, do you know, Randy? For South Kakalaki is... Yeah. Uh... Gar don't they say garnet in uh, oh, garnet, garnet and black? Yeah, yeah, I think it's garnet, garnet. and black. I, I'm sorry, South Carolina. You're going <laughs> to be upset with me. Won't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. We're, we're all good. I'm sorry. But anyway, you, you saw a lot of it. They were a very good baseball program, so it was really cool to play there. And they slapped a headset on me immediately after getting off the mound, getting three outs. And I was I, I didn't know what was going on. I just kind of talked about my life and then it was a double header. And so I didn't have my phone. I had no idea anything was going on. And we played ODU. And after the game, I checked my phone and life was a little different. It was, <laughs> it, it, it was a really cool moment for me. One, because Brandon Neek struck out 16 batters across five innings, I think, which was Crazy. one like the coolest performance I had seen in my life. Um, but two, like, my interview was kind of blowing up and I had an opportunity to talk about baseball in front of me. So I kind of took it. And I, after graduating, I just started tweeting randomly about baseball and Kendall Rogers was like, Hey, you want to, you want to not have to type words and just say them into a microphone. I was like, yeah, sure. And that's kind of how, that's kind of how we ended up here. I mean, it was a lot of times just sitting on the couch, watching hours upon end of college baseball, which, if you're ever doing it, there's nothing better than close, taking a nap at around 10 p.m. after some of the West Coast games finish and uh, waking up at around 2 a.m. for the Hawaii games. Can't recommend it enough.
but there was a lot of that going on and just a lot of tweeting in general that uh, eventually caught Kendall's attention and we ended up here and now I do the podcast for D1 baseball and I sometimes get to broadcast baseball games which is really fun I love it that is so good oh so am I allowed to do some follow-up questions yeah absolutely shoot away yeah okay so uh you did you go to high school in the Baltimore area uh, I went to high school at Good Council High School, which is in a suburb of D.C. It's called Olney, but I am familiar with many Baltimore area high schools. So Olney, Maryland is a suburb of D.C. So you're in Maryland, but it's it, it's it's not Virginia, right? Or it is Virginia. It's not Virginia. I don't know if suburb is the correct term. It's like 15 minutes from D.C., but there's a metro station that's there. So I feel okay. like that sounds suburban. Yeah. I, okay, good. Because when you say good counsel high school, because that's like one of those, like, is it all guys Catholic high school or is it? It it used to be a lot of the schools we would play against in high school were all guys like the Matha High School. I'm sure you've heard of. Was that your basketball. league? Like, is that, the, I wish those were your league. Is it called the Catholic League of DC or what do they call that? It's uh, the Washington Christian Athletic Association or Washington Christian Athletic Conference. So WCAC. It's a, uh, it's a very good like sports conference like there there's a lot of pro athletes out of there like the fuller brothers who all play in the nfl they went to good council stefan diggs went there uh, i had study hall with him for one day my freshman year uh How about and that he, he was a senior he was kind of like hey teacher uh i'm just gonna go work out so i probably won't be here much and then he just left <laughs> But, you know, when, when you have hands like that, it doesn't really matter. Oh, that's crazy. All right. So here's so you mentioned the Columbia. Well, I guess it's called the Columbia Regional. That was a weird year because it was the year after COVID. And so there were pre you know, so I if I recall correctly, like Old Dominion was the number one seed. And but South Carolina was hosting the regional. So what I recall about that regional is, um, you know, Andrew Abbott, who's in the big leagues, dominating. He lost game one of that regional, right? Didn't South Carolina beat Andrew Abbott? Yeah, it was one of the games. And we had a few like this throughout the year where like Abbott would turn in a quality start, but whoever was throwing against us would just be on that day. I don't know if it was because like, you know, he's a Friday guy, so he's going to be against another Friday guy. But like, even when we would shake up the rotation and like move him to Sunday or something and move Vassal to Friday or kind of whatever chess match and matchups they were going to play. Like it seemed whenever he was on the mound, we got whoever we were playing's best. Like they found so, out yeah. and it like, God, I'm trying to remember who threw against him when we were at Clemson, but they, they shoved. I, gosh, I, I can't remember. It might've been England, Mac England, but like, right. I remember he threw like a no hitter for the first seven innings and like it was to no, no fault of our hitters like our hitters were on that weekend like he was just good but yeah. it, it was uh it was definitely we played better when our backs were against the wall I think I think that little bit of pressure intrinsically just brought something out of us which I guess is a very good quality to have and we were lucky for it but it was uh it was definitely the most interesting regional not just playing in it but just from the standpoint of the one seed is traveling to this school it's and and it felt pretty heavy I know uh I know Jacksonville wasn't like notoriously going to do damage to like leading up to it from what everyone was saying but 
I mean, South Carolina and ODU were tough. Like they were tough teams to play against. No question. And so um, it was, it was Mac England. And th- so the Clemson thing, he threw a one hitter for six innings. Like <laughs> you weren't kidding that like Andrew <laughs> Abbott had no chance that day. All right. So, so Steven, here's my final question. So, you know, of course, everyone remembers your interview with the dip and dots and all that stuff. But what gets lost in that is, so you guys lost the Andrew Abbott game, who was your ace. You know, this had been a pretty long drought for UVA from Omaha, right? I don't think they had been back to Omaha since 2015. So Oak and the coaching staff are trying to, you know, like you guys have a really good team. Um, We all thought you had a really good team in 2020, but obviously we didn't get to see that play out. So you lose game one of the regional. You come screaming back back through the loser's bracket and now you're in this winner take all game i think with odu is that right mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah and, was... and, and and so you so so the two things that i i'm devin ortiz w- was a two-way player didn't he start that game and hit the walk-off yeah so that was like the coolest baseball performance like people if they're like why why did you decide to have a career talking about college baseball you watch Devin Ortiz's performance from 10 feet away that day. It, it, it's going to be something that sticks with you, but it was his first time pitching that entire season. Cause like, we just had a very deep pitching staff. We never really, yeah. we never really needed to dip into it. And we did a really good job of like preserving arms over the weekend with Nick going long again, that saved a lot of, a lot of bullets for a lot of guys in the back end. And, you know, we had just, we had there was a lot of rain that weekend, so there were a lot of weird rain delays. I think someone's start got cut short because of it. I, I don't really remember much of the rain delays except Mark Mark Reynolds was there. And so I got to meet him in the South Carolina cool. weight room, which nice. was like a really cool moment because my college career, my first like really cool away game was at South Carolina and we worked out in their weight room. And I, I remember just looking around and being like, wow, this is like really big league stuff. And so, so cool. getting to like kind of end my career while being there was really cool. So, and so Steven, so let's, let's, let's put a ball in it with this. So, so Devin Ortiz is the hero. He starts the game, hadn't ever pitched or, you know, hadn't pitched that year, gets the walk off. But you threw three and a third that day. Like that that game was you won four, three and extra innings, like season on the line, and you you got the final 10 outs. Yeah, I like I like to joke because uh you know Devin never would have had the opportunity to have such a cool home run if I didn't at first blow the game a little bit and only a little bit. Um I I think I like gave up the lead and they tied it up. I think briefly we were down because of it. And then someone scored on a pass ball and that tied it up again. But it was, uh, yeah, that was the game that that was actually like the last game where my elbow was like good and like all attached. Spot. <laughs> and yeah. then um, pitch number 75. If you're a reliever, beware of pitch number 75. I've gave up a lot of home <laughs> runs on pitch number 75 for whatever reason. And like, uh, you know, popped one elbow on it. So, you know, always be yeah. careful. But that was, I mean, there was a conversation leading up to that outing that I had with Coach Oak and, you know, Coach Drew about how, you know, my arm wasn't a hundred percent. I wasn't really feeling that good. Like I, I could tell it was kind of on the outs. And I was like, look, guys, I, I'm in a I, I shouldn't even be here. Like, I don't know how I am. But at, at this juncture in my life, I, I want my career to like end here. Like if that means, yeah. 
you know, I, I throw out my elbow trying to get us to Omaha, like then, then so be it. I'm comfortable with it. Like I, I was done with pro ball. I didn't want to make money from playing baseball. It was never really in the cars for me after, after my junior year, I was like, okay, well now my value, it's like taking a car off a lot and you you buy a new car, the value. (laughs) So I was like, okay, we're good. Mm. Steven, when you said the seven, I don't want to make light of an arm injury, but I think uh, I, I got to say this. I think you'll appreciate this. When you said it's the 75th pitch that'll get you, that reminded my dad, great Irish Catholic gentleman, uh, hero of mine. He always said that last beer that gets you. It's that last beer. <laughs> and I don't know why I equated your elbow with the last beer, but it made it, it made my heart. Uh, it, my heart is full thinking of that because you go from one immediately to the other, you know, yeah, that's a true you, point. You, the, you go Anti-inflammatory. from pitch number 75 immediately. You got to get to the last beer. <laughs> that's well said. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Oh, so, so good. moving on, let, let's get a little bit of runes history. Let's uh, let's hear who, who the man behind the mic is. All right, so I'm going to try and give you the express version. Um, I'm not good at that, but let me try. So grew up in suburban Philly, went to Malvern Prep. Um, you know, like it, this was the late 80s. And so, you know, like we, we did, there was no like showcases and stuff like that. It was just, you know, you played football during the fall. I played baseball during the spring. You know, we played pickup basketball all the time. And Irish Catholic family, like I mentioned, my dad, I'm the oldest boy uh, and like, you know, Malvern Preps an all boys Catholic high school that takes sports really seriously. So like I tease my dad that Notre Dame was the best decision I never made. Right. Like I was going to Notre Dame. I, uh, you know, I applied early decision. Um, you know, I was I was a good high school student. And then the the uh, with in December of my senior year, when the acceptance letter came for Notre Dame, like that's the first time I remember seeing my dad like cry like he was you know tears of joy like he was pumped and so in the spring I was having a pretty solid baseball season and division three schools started to send letters and I was saying to my dad like wait what do you think about this and he's like oh yeah we we've made our college decision like I don't think anything of these letters like you can you can uh we can start bonfires with these things and so you know like in all fairness like I was going to Notre Dame like the the academics you know like that that's what I was destined to do so I go to Notre Dame and Pat Murphy, who's now the bench coach for the Brewers, is the head coach. He's in his second year. He's 28 years old, 28 years old. He's, you know, he has to teach gym classes at Notre Dame. So Notre Dame just was not serious about baseball at the time. We had like two scholarships out of 11.7. And so Murph is just taking over this program and he's going nuts in my four years we averaged like 45 wins a year we went to the ncaa tournament my freshman year my senior year we were one win from omaha we lost to miami at miami we had already beaten them once they had a uh, we had a loss to uh charles johnson's their catcher ron frazier's his last season so but winner goes to omaha they beat us uh, but you know Craig Council was my teammate for four years. We had two other guys, Chris Mahalik and Dan Peltier, who played in the big leagues. So that was the first part, Stephen, of a theme for me in my baseball life where just the dumbest luck in the world. Just remember, like, I was a true blue walk-on at Notre Dame. Like, I'm going there for academics. Pat Murphy doesn't know who Michael Patrick Rooney III is. He's never heard that name before. And so I go to the walk-on tryouts and – like I was so sure that I was getting cut 
Notre Dame has a really cool thing. They used to anyway, where each inner, like they have all single sex dorms. So guys dorms and girl dorms and the guys dorms each have full pad football teams like a, like club football. And the, and the, the, the championship game is in Notre Dame stadium. So I was so convinced that I was getting cut from baseball tryouts that I would go to baseball tryouts in the afternoon. And then at like five 30, I would go over to Keenan Hall's football practices. Cause I thought like, Hey, they were running the option. I could be the quarterback. So anyway, I don't get <laughs> cut. And you know, like four years later, now I'll tell you, you would appreciate this, Steven, like for four years, I'm checking my locker every day. Like I never felt like I was, you know, like in it to win it, but, but that was, you know, like that was healthy and it was just amazing. Like Corey, me, who had been the head coach at Toledo for um, several years, he's now the assistant at Western Michigan. He was my teammate for four years, Craig council, you know, my friend, Dan Bouch is an investment banker, our other classmate, Joe Binkowitz is a doctor, you know, like it was just five of us played all four years. It was, it was incredible. Then I became a high school coach at Malvern Prep. That led me to try college coaching in my late 20s. And um, I was actually driving across the country to be the like a grad assistant at Cal State Fullerton. Pat Murphy left me a message at home saying, hey, I just lost my volunteer. Do you want to come here? That's a whole story onto itself. So I kind of like turn left. You know, I'm driving <laughs> Philly to Fullerton and like, you know, turn left to Arizona. Uh, I'm at Arizona State for six years. John Pulowski gets the head job at College of Charleston 18 months in. So I go from volunteer for a year and a half to paid coach. Then I'm a junior college coach and then the broadcasting stuff. So, I mean, you know, each of those steps is crazy. I mean, again, I've, I've got to coach 19 players that played in the big leagues, 19. Like, and, and I don't say that to think to have people, you know, don't hear that as I'm some like instructional genius, like just around, like, I guess I would just say very lucky, you know, like you don't, I don't think you coach those players. Like those players coach you in a lot of ways. Like they're so gifted that like, you know, you, you there, there's, there's way more I learned from them than they can learn from me. And that is not a cliche. I mean, that is the God's honest truth. So anyway, sorry. Uh, but yeah, it, it's been, it's been a minute, Steven, <laughs> my life has been a minute. Hey, and it, it seems like it's been a pretty good minute. Now, uh, you touched on a lot of great things and you asked follow-up questions. So of course, I'm going to ask some follow-up yeah, questions. Absolutely. First of all, with the with the the thing I really like is that idea and that mindset of like I was checking my locker every day because I feel like that's not only like keeping you in check mentally of like, okay, I got to earn every day here, but it's like a ritual of kind of appreciation of like, all right, my stuff's still in there. Like I've earned this jersey, I've earned this locker for another day. And, you know, not everyone can say that. And it, it's something that I feel like that's just such a good thing to have in place. And more players, I, I feel, need to have that ritual, that appreciation or whatever it is to just be where their feet are. Because, you know, in baseball in general, you don't you don't get opportunities to dwell on the past or talk about the future because you got to be in the moment so many times, but sometimes you, you need that little reminder of like, Oh yeah, I'm just a kid playing a game or this could be gone. Like the reality of it. And I, I feel like that's just such a good thing to have in place. So I, I commend you for that, but yeah. I want to, I want to ask 
what is the mindset like going to walk on tryouts? Like, because I feel, I feel like it's so different from anything people would expect. And it's just such a hard thing to do. Oh yeah. It's, it's, um, the, well, I told you the mindset, the mindset was like, I was so convinced that like that mindset was pessimism, right? Like I was, I was so convinced that it was, uh, it was not going to work out that I'm going to inner hall football practice afterwards, but all kidding aside, like, I think it's, um, you know, and, and Murph was hilarious, right? Like he was late twenties, you know, Murph is like, he is, um, you know, he's like family to Jenny and I, my wife and I, like, he's been so good to us, but Murph to play for and to coach for was extremely challenging like you were expected to bring your a game every single day no exceptions like it was a hyper 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 competitive environment and he was not going to back off of that and so you know for some people that tortured them for me you know my dad has those traits and so I was it's not comfortable but I was not it was not shocking to me but um you know Murph when he came I'll never forget this Murph you know it's it's Notre Dame and we have the, the walk-on tryout meeting. There's probably 57 dudes in the room. Murph was 29. He's a former Golden Gloves boxer. I mean, he's like six foot two, 230 pounds. He had just lifted weights. He comes in with this cut-up shirt. Like, you know, you don't know whether he's coming in to talk to us or he's going to murder somebody. And he immediately starts into this whole thing about, like, you know, I, I need to be real with you guys. I don't anticipate taking any walk-ons this year. We're going to lift weights at six in the morning. We're going to hit at eight o'clock at night. We're going to practice in the middle, you know, base, you know, anyway, he probably said some things that the school wouldn't have appreciated, but it was awesome. Like, and, and I know there's some of the, like of the 57 kids in that room, probably 20 of them didn't even come to the tryouts after that speech, but it was, uh, I'll, I'll give you this little quick side note too, Stephen. When I got to campus, my mom and my dad, we went to the baseball office and I was mortified, but my dad's like, you got to go introduce yourself to this guy if you're going to try it. So I do. And Murph says, what position do you play? And I say second base, which was a dumb idea. And he goes, hey, we, we, we've got seven second basemen, but sounds great, right? Like fairly sarcastic. We walk out of there and my mom, who is amazing, the great Peggleberry, Peggy Rooney, she turns to my dad and says, he's a nice man. That seemed to go really well. And me and my dad are looking at my mom like, you, 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 that is an absolute whiff, mom. You completely missed that meeting. But it was, God bless her, it was the greatest. Hey, look, you, you went in with the pessimism, but she went in with all the optimism in the oh, world. She, she carried you. Bless her. Peggleberry, but, the best. I mean... I, for the longest time, I'm going to tell you something not, not many people know about me, probably till I was like 14 years old. I didn't know, like you got recruited for college baseball. Like I thought right. you just like you show up and you either walk on or you don't play baseball anymore. And like, I was mortified at the idea of like, oh, you could go to school and have to be there and just do school. Like, so I, I really appreciate that mindset and that insight of like, this is what it takes. And just like where you've gone in your career afterwards and the appreciation you've shown from it, like it, it really shows not just the person you are, but like the person it takes to be a walk-on player and be someone who's like all for the school, but also wants to be on the team and is like, I'm not just going to be a fan. I'm going to make this a little bit better, you know? Yeah. You never lose that too. I'll I'll tell you, Stephen, that this is now this is not good. This is me taking the walk on mentality mentality too far. But, you know, like 
even back a hundred years ago when I played, we got a little bit of swag and I'll never forget some of my fellow walk-ons, you know, wearing some of their Notre Dame baseball gear on campus, like in the, in the calf or, uh, you know, or, or in the dining hall or, or to club. And I'd look at them like, no, what are you doing? You, you're getting cut tomorrow. Like what, how, like, how are you so stupid to wear that swag? Like, I mean, you would have to handcuff me to have me wear that stuff on campus. I, I, so again, like that paranoia, not healthy. That, no, I love that because at every college it's like that, where it's like, you know, if you're a pitcher and like you have weird workout times, it's like, okay, just do it, whatever, wear your workout gear. But it's like, you do it it's like a mortal sin some places i remember at app state they were always like they they would take it very seriously like it was like you're getting this gear but it is not to to not leave this locker room like and then at umbc there were no rules because you know some of it admittedly we were ordering the gear ourselves so it's like okay yeah, we bought right. this like yeah. we're gonna wear it whenever. hey to be clear i'm not saying the way i looked at it was healthy it was but it was you know like oh you no about no the, i yeah. there's no yeah. right or wrong here like it, it's yeah. one of those things that it's still common like you don't do it like i love firing off a tweet the first day of classes every year and just say remember freshmen wear all your team issued stuff everywhere <laughs> wear your uniform to class because look, I mean, that's part of it. It's messing with freshmen, teaching them about it, letting them I love it. letting them become part of the group, and then they can start Amen. tweeting it the next year. But, but no, see, the game the game really hasn't changed that much. Hey everyone, we're gonna take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. <laughs> This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I stole my village. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Let's move along and let's let's talk about some actual college baseball stuff that happened this summer. While we were away, well, while I was away, you were always active. That's you're you're always wheeling and dealing. Mike Rooney's always on the move, something. and that's that's something people throughout the season will see when we edit video clips and he's in a different Hilton or 
the Bellagio, wherever he may be. Oh, my bad. The Bellagio Rome, um, the Roman version all the way over there, because, of course, international salesman of mystery. But I want to give you five summer ball players who caught my attention just off the top of my head. Well, not off the top of them. They were off the top of my head at one point. Now they're on paper because seriously. That's the way I go. And I want you to tell me you ever heard about them. You know anything about them. Um, but I wanted to start off with Dub Gleed from UC Irvine, who, first of all, don't know how I didn't catch his name earlier. Phenomenal name. But I went to a Chatham Anglers game where he was playing for the YD Red Sox, and he annihilated a home run. It, it landed. I was standing in left center f- or left field, dead left field. And it landed probably 30 feet away from me, but I filmed it and this fan made a really sick catch. He kind of ran into a kid, but it was probably one of my favorite moments of the summer. So I've been thinking about Dub Gleed a lot, not just name wise, not just home run wise, but he had a killer season for UC Irvine. He hit 300 with a, with a handful of bombs. And then over summer, he kind of struggled a little bit, which I, I mean, that can be expected with the difference in pitching. Um, but it, I, I think he's going to be someone this year who really turns a corner and, I mean, just continues the success he had last season. So he's someone I think you should keep on the radar. I love that. I love that call. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge UC Irvine fan. You know, when I think about how passionate I am about expanding the postseason, Stephen, like UC Irvine's one of the, the reasons I feel that way. I mean, this is a program that has been to Omaha twice in a century you know like they're not some cute cinderella story like they're a legitimately awesome program and you know like this year and then a couple years ago they just they need to be in the ncaa tournament and they just keep getting squeezed out and i what i know about dub gleed is i didn't realize he played as much this year like i thought he was hurt somewhat this year but maybe that was that other infield that they had at like hadeen woody hadeen i'm gonna mess up his name but long story short like UC Irvine's got a really good team coming back next year. Anthony Martinez, their freshman slugger, did not get picked off in the portal, which was awesome. Joe Ayama, uh, their little kind of Minnie Mouse superstar, he crushed it in the KP's back. You mentioned Dub Gleed. Caden Kendall, who had a monster year, was drafted in the 10th round. He's coming back. So Dub Gleed is Woody Hadeen, I think is the kid's name I'm thinking about, who got hurt last year. But that's that. I didn't really even have Dub Gleed on my radar but if he's like another piece to Anthony Martinez, Caden Kendall, Joe Ayama, like, man, Irvine might even be better than I think they are. So that's very encouraging. Yeah. So last year, Joe Ayama, that is another guy to watch, just an electric factory in and of himself. He He's so good at baseball and just absolutely flies across the field. Like his legs don't move. He just drifts. It's so cool. But uh, yeah, last year at UC Irvine, he hit 300 on the nose in 258 ABs or 217 ABs with 17 doubles, five bombs and one triple. So I like, I think if he puts it together and just honestly does that again, UC Irvine's going to, going to be pretty like, I, I don't want them to sneak up on people because I want to be ahead of it. Telling people these people are going to sneak up on people. Yeah. And, and one thing I'll say too about Stephen about UCI is I think we have this kind of um, uh, what's the word prototype or like uh, bias in our heads regarding the West coast teams where they're really good baseball instincts, but they're kind of weak, slow, not super athletic. 
Irvine and I, I think Dub Gleed is this way. Like they're they're not like SEC looking players where they're six foot four, two twenty, and like could play Division One football. But Irvine's team is more physical than you think. Like they look like a high school football team. They remind me a little bit of like that that old Louisiana Lafayette team in twenty fourteen, where everybody looks like they were a high school running back or quarterback. And anyway, that's what I'm picturing when I picture Dub Gleed. Yeah, and I mean honestly, you hit the nail on the head. So. Let's move along. We're going to we're going to head back to the East Coast a little bit here and we're going to talk about Cam Hill, who this summer he played for the Katua Cavaliers. And I'm, I'm sure you've heard about the summer he had just because it was so insane. He had a one point oh nine ERA in 33 innings pitched in like the best league out there. So against the best hitters you can imagine, he gave up 16 hits and only walked 16 batters in 33 innings. So his whip was below one, I believe, and he had 45 punch outs. Wow. So he's the big, he's the big lefty Steven from Georgia tech, right? Correct. Yeah. So yeah. And didn't, and didn't have success. Like he's really interesting because like you said, he dominated the Cape, but he, he had a terrible spring. Like he had like an 80 array and obviously he's like this six, six lefty who obviously, you know, clearly has a great arm but can you imagine that like you have a terrible spring and now you're going to the cape cod lake with the best hitters in the country and then you totally flip the script like that's i'm really excited to see what becomes of him this fall and next spring yeah and i i think one thing that helps like of course his motion's super funky he's like a lower slot chris sale kind of is my oh wow my comparison i would say like that just real low three quarters super cross his body but he's like super flexible from the looks of it just a very whippy pitcher like his arm like just snaps through the zone and he I I think pitching with confidence was something that really came along for him like when I was around the team he was just walking around hanging out with the guys like just from the way he was acting like you could tell he was having a different experience at baseball than he was having in the spring like you know and that's what summer ball does for a lot of guys it like takes away the stress of okay, is is coach going to play me at this moment? It's summer ball. These coaches are pretty much like, they're essentially signed up to pitch you at certain times. So you don't have that. Yeah. It's like, okay, I get to spend all week knowing that my outing is happening this day. I get to prepare my best. And I think when you have success up there, it really translates when you get back to school. Like for me, I had a good year at school and then I had like the best summer of my life up there and I played a little bit worse the next year at school. But for so many guys, the opposite is true where like they go in needing to work on stuff. And a lot of the times it's just developing confidence. Like they already have this stuff. They just need to go to the beach, hang out and pitch for a day. And that yeah. puts it together. So he's someone I think is going to be just dangerous for Georgia Tech this year. And you like could be a very big draft pick, right? Like if if he's really throwing this many strikes and dominating like this, I mean, six foot six lefty with a weird slot. What's not to like about that? Yeah. And I mean, there's tons of room for weight to be added to like, he's, he's already a pretty big guy, six, six, but like there's muscle there, but I I really feel like his range of motion helps him a lot, but moving on from him we got bryce evelyn which i always get tripped up want to call him bryce elbin because of vcu's kurt elbin back way back when he was at vcu i'm not i think he's at virginia tech now but he recruited me but bryce evelyn tore it up for the born braves he hit 367 in the cave and i I know i'm i'm talking a lot about the cape guys but I'll, i'll give you some more from across other leagues soon but he 
he just it seemed like every time he stepped up to the plate he was putting the ball in play and hitting it hard so he's someone he's had success at Alabama he's always had an insane on base plus slugging but I I think this year just limiting the strikeouts was something that he really improved on at school and that translated with the wood bats now he, he did strike out a few more times than he did in the spring season but he had more at-bats and he's facing different competition he might not know as much about the pitchers they're seeing that's another thing that I think is unique about summer ball is the information you have going into games is way different than like school ball. Like school ball, you spent a week watching these guys play. Summer ball, it's like, okay, we're gonna get on this little yellow school bus and see who they uh, start. They're gonna they're gonna hand us a lineup written in crayon and we're gonna we're gonna just give it our best shot. So that's something that I think seeing them have success over the summer, especially as a hitter, is impressive. Yeah, left-handed hitter, and you're right. Like he's a, if I have it right, he'll be a fourth year player next year so he'll be back for his senior year and you know obviously there's changes at Alabama Rob Vaughn comes in as the head coach and I feel like getting him back for Alabama is really important you know a veteran hitter when they you know Alabama did get beat up pretty good in the transfer portal just because of the changes and all that stuff but yeah that's a that's a that's a good name to file away for next year because it would not surprise me at all that Bryce Eblen has a really uh big senior year at Alabama yeah, and Alabama's been one of those programs, like last year, of course, it was all weird, but the way they responded, that said a lot about their Crazy. team. Like, guys, not not everyone jumping ship going into the portal after the season. Like, guys who were there truly to be there with each other. Like, that that's something that's special. And, you know, I think that's something, honestly, that along with Bryce Ablin is going to help them next season being really good. Agreed. Yeah, no doubt. Now, following up, I'm going to go to the Appy League a little bit because I was able to go to their all-star game. And while I was there, I saw a gentleman by the name of Mike Mancini hit a backside double and become the MVP of the Appy League all-star game, scoring, I believe, the only RBI or the only run. I can't really recall a lot has happened since then. But he's someone who he's going to be a sophomore at James Madison. So he's a younger guy to keep an eye on, but he – he's just as consistent as slim gyms. And what I mean by that is when you buy a slim gym in, you know, Paris, Tennessee, and you buy a slim gym in Akron, Ohio, it's the exact same. That is how this kid is. Wherever he is, he is hitting the baseball. I love that. And and James Madison is a sneaky, good college baseball program. They have good baseball there. I like that. He's kind of like an undersized left-handed hitter. I am a sucker for left-handed hitters had, uh, you know, as a freshman to have basically as many walks as strikeouts. He's a New Yorker. So I love that too. Good. That's a good one, Steven. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. I, I was lucky to see him, but yeah, I mean, JMU always has like just a random one or two guys who like either it's, they were completely slept on recruiting wise, or they just really love the Dukes. I don't know what it is, but they always find guys who are really good. Like Chase the louder. You remember him? He was Crazy. insane. Oh yeah. First rounder. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've really been a program that I think has been trending in the right direction. I think once they put a few more pieces together, I know they moved to the Sun Belt, which is a very hitter friendly conference. So I, I I'm excited to see you know, just kind of what they can do, especially it's really fun watching guys play at James Madison just because I really like their field. They have a super high fence, kind of short porch and right. Like it, 
it's just fun when fields are different. No doubt. Well said. Now, my final guy who I'm excited about for my five guys I'm excited about because I was trying to go quick, but I talk too long most of the times, is Dalton Bargo, who, as we know, not only got busy hitting baseballs and hitting a lot of home runs this summer, he was busy transferring from the University of Missouri to Tennessee, and he is someone who he caught my attention in the spring, had it then. He transferred, and then he just kept hitting home runs. Um, he only had one this summer for the Bristol, um, the Bristol, I believe, sock puppets. But when you're in the Appy League, a lot of the – or the Bristol State Liners, the Burlington is sock puppets. My bad. Sorry, Bristol State Liners. But the Appy League, what's interesting about it is all the fields are like old minor league fields, and they're huge. They're in Tennessee and like that region and they like the dimensions are large. So if you're looking for a player there and you're looking at their home run totals, it might look a little different, but at school, when this guy gets a hold of the baseball, he sends it just so it's 500 feet or no feet at all. Um, like he's not going to hit a wall scraper. So I, he's got my attention just because he had it already. And I watched him hit pretty hard baseballs and, you know, show his raw power in the happy league. But when he gets to Tennessee, it is going to be fun watching him put balls into the parking lot at Lindsey Nelson. I'm with you, Steven. I think Dalton Bargo is, a, is like an under the radar future star player. Like I know that's, that's an aggressive prediction by me, but like he's from Omaha, which is really cool. Like Omaha, Omaha, Nebraska has really underrated high school baseball. They, they produce a lot of good college players Bargos from Omaha went to Mizzou, you know, and, and for a freshman to play every day in the SEC, you know, he hit 280 OPS was like 822 or I think it was exactly 822. Um, you know, like that's not easy to do as a true freshman that league. And so I'm with you. Like, I think a lot of people are wondering how good of a defender he is, but I think, you know, he's got a chance to be a really productive player for the Vols. Yeah, and I mean, especially as a catcher, you don't really have to think a ton about defense when you're a catcher and you're of his size because it's just like, oh, is he going to block the ball? Well, look at him. He's a brick. You know, he's a huge kid. And so I, I think he's just someone who's going to have a lot of success this season. But those are five guys, of course, that I'm excited about. There are many more. I could, I could have the list for days and days. But I want to get into our next segment, which is where I – ask you just a random question and then you ask me a completely random question. Um, the rules for this are pretty loose. Um, my <laughs> random question's not gonna not gonna be super intellectual um, obviously, but I, I gotta run the numbers because this is something I saw you were active on Twitter about over the weekend with the Swifty yes. effect. And I oh. saw the stats. Um, here I have some numbers that Travis Kelsey has had a wild last 24 hours, 300,000 new Instagram followers, 400% increase in merch sales, top five selling Jersey in the NFL. So Travis Kelsey, obviously is super popular starts day and Taylor Swift explodes. If there was one college baseball program that deserved to have the attention Travis Kelsey gets from Taylor Swift, if there was one college baseball team taylor swift needed to be a fan of who do you think it is Ooh, boy that is a great question okay so let me let me just clarify the question what you're asking me steven is that if taylor swift was going to date a college baseball program 
what program would she date? Well, I, I'm afraid I, I want to phrase it as what program do you feel deserves that kind of attention that hasn't gotten it yet? So oh. that, yeah. So like for me, I, it, it's a tough question for me because there's a lot of programs. Me, it's always going to be right state most of the time oh. because right state, they're fun to watch. Like they have a lot of success, but I know last season was kind of an off season for them, but like a bounce season for them is ending in regionals. Like that's, yeah, that's just how they are. And I feel like more people need to know about that. Just they don't yet. And that's fine. Yeah. One day I hope Taylor Swift will date that. She'll become yeah. a member of the Raider gang and Raider it'll gang. explode. <laughs> yeah. So you're saying like, you're, you're kind of going uh, counterintuitive here. Like the common thought is that, stars have to date stars right like they can't right. date us our mere mortals um you know and travis kelsey's a star and taylor swift's a star you're going the other way that hey the real smart move is like stars date a normal person so you don't have the conflicting you know power streams if you will yeah so go ahead to be honest, if I'm Taylor Swift, what I'm doing is I'm just buying a hundred thousand of their jerseys, whoever I'm dating. Then I'm spreading rumor like like Joe Flacco jerseys, for example. I know he doesn't play anymore, but if he did, like buy a hundred thousand of them, tweet at him, hey, you want to come to my concert? He's in America. I think everyone wants to go to yeah. his concert or her concert. Then they go to the concert. She starts, she just lists all of them on eBay. Look, that's, that's yeah. profiting, but sorry, I'm taken away from the question. No, but I, I think if we're being fair, she probably makes a little bit more on the concert than the eBay venture, but I love where your head's at. It's yeah. that's, that's how big donkey 47, the brand goes like we're scrapping like bulldogs over there. Um, that's well done. I would say, um, I would say who should Taylor Swift should it be a California school where, um, you know, it's kind of like the stars line? Should it be a Tennessee school? I mean, she doesn't strike me as someone that's going to be super country. Uh, man, who do I like kind of under the, you know, the school I want to say right now, Stephen, is East Carolina, but like they're too, I think that's just too country for her. She's kind of popish. Um, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. I want to go San Diego, the USD, like, you know, like mm. it's a really good program and, uh, you know, like it's, it's, uh, yeah, gosh, they got what, good what jerseys. Did, they do have great jerseys. It's the Toreros, man, who should Taylor Swift date? You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Like she just, yeah, she's been a star. She's got all the money that like her grandkids could spend. She just wants to settle down and live a good life. You know who she needs to date? Steven Oregon state. She needs to become a beaver. Like it's a great program. Like, good infrastructure up there three national titles they really are elite um but it's a little under the radar she could live a normal life be happy um i'm choosing oregon state for taylor swift and and she'll always know what she's going to get with them like i feel like they're another right. they're the slim jim consistency type like they every year they're going to churn out a great baseball team they're going to have a ton of prospects and they're going to compete for a spot trying to go to omaha so I, I think that's a good choice. I think they do kind of fly under the radar. Their logos, their merchandise, like their apparel, phenomenal. It should sell well. I think it yep. does actually, just because you know it does. But I, I think, I think that's a program that does deserve more attention. So very good answer. I, yeah, I'll and they're they're kind of they're kind of scrambling for a conference right now. So this would be 
you know, like there's a real, there's some real win-win synergy right there. Like the more, I, the more I think about that answer, the more I like it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's like, if the SEC is like, Hey, you're too far away. It's like, okay, well, if I have Taylor Swift on my side, are you going to say that again? Probably not. Yeah, Probably not. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Look at that. How about that? Uh, so I get to ask you a question, Stephen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you my question for tonight. And I'm going to ask you a question that is not to be answered tonight. This is for homework. So okay. the one question is going to be a little lighter. The, the homework question is going to be a little heavier. Okay. So um, let me give you, I'm going to give you your homework question first, and then I'm going okay. to give you the question to wrap it. Okay. All so right. your homework question is this. I'm thinking a lot. This is a, this is a more serious topic in college baseball. I've been thinking a lot about roster sizes and, you know, so basically what happens in college baseball, it's competitive, right? We have to cut players. Players get cut. That happens. Could have happened to me. Could have happened to any of us, right? Um, and so what happens now is we don't have a roster limit in the fall. We have a roster limit January when January happens, right? That roster limit is 40. So if I'm, if I'm Rooney University and I have 46 players in the fall, I have to cut six of those kids before the spring. And I'm probably going to do it Thanksgiving after, um, after fall ball is over. Now, that, those six kids are kind of screwed, right? Because you can't transfer mid-year. You're pretty much going to go to junior college. The junior college programs have already been playing. So, so there's two schools of thought. Do we leave it alone and, hey, the kid gets to go through the fall and try to earn his way on the team? If he gets cut, hey, that's just life in the big city. Or do we make this – if we say, hey, if the roster limit's 40 in January, it should be 40 August 15th when school starts. And so we say to those schools, like, hey, coaches, you got to decide who are your 40 that you're going to go to war with for the next 10 months. You got to decide August 15th. And now that kid at least has a little bit of time to like try and get somewhere for the fall so he can be eligible for the spring. Both situations are not positive, right? Like getting cut is going to be a negative experience period. But the question I want to ask you, Stephen, for next time is if you were the player, would you rather get the news that you're not going to be part of that team in August and try to scramble and find a school, or would you would you prefer to get that news Thanksgiving and now you got to scramble and find a home in January and you're not going to be eligible to play Division One baseball? So that that's your are you clear on your homework assignment? Yeah, I'm clear on the homework assignment. Now, what what point font would we like? How am I submitting it? Is it on Canvas, <laughs> Blackboard? It's an oral <laughs> exam. It's an oral okay. exam. Yeah, All right, I can handle that. That's great. I can hit, as long as it's open, nope. <laughs> it is but open. No, that's, that's a great have, question, and I, I want to ponder on it because I yes, have a yeah. lot of thoughts. So I yeah, appreciate yeah. you giving me hey, time. Yeah, you're perfect because you've transferred, and you know, like I think this this is a bigger conversation, but I, I think your perspective, I have not asked someone that 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 views the world like you do yet. And I I, I want <laughs> I value that viewpoint because I I'm getting the, I, I have the old man viewpoint in spades, but okay, here's my real question for you. My more important question. So Jenny Rooney, the great J Rowe and I are the proud owner of big donkey products. Like we both have our college baseball <laughs> is rad hat. She's got the beige one. I've got an amazing picture of her wearing her hat. I meant to wear my green hat with a smiley face, which is awesome. They're the trucker hats recommend them for everybody. Here's my very important question, Stephen. What is the next area of swag that we're going? Are we doing hoodies? What are we doing next for big donkey brands? You're asking at a phenomenal time. So what's All next right. is our fall line as sweater Ooh, weather is approaching. Line. 
We uh, <laughs> we have two designs. We have two sweaters or three sweaters coming out. Two separate designs. Um, they're they're simple. I don't want to. We're in the process of copywriting them, so I don't want to say them out loud yet. But they okay. probably are just going to say college baseball is rad. Just kidding. I don't think anyone's going to infringe on my rights. If you listen this long and you're infringing on my rights, at least, you know, at least I'll get to meet a fan in the process legally. Um, but, That's right. It's all good. It's but, like a fall inner squad with lawyers. But yeah, just simple college baseball is rad apparel. Um, it's super comfortable stuff. Gets the point across. I mean, the main, first of all, I appreciate your support in buying any because you really didn't have to. I would have just sent them over to you, as you know, in Omaha. No brought, way, man. We want to support the bring... enterprise. We love it. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. But the goal behind it all, of course, first and foremost, is to spread awareness that college baseball is just, it's rad. It's sick. College baseball is my whole life. Um, I got a pretty good life because of it, just playing it and experiencing it and the person it molded me into. And so I want more people to be able to walk down the street and be like, Oh, that person likes college baseball because they have that shirt and I want them to look cool too. So that is the next move. I, uh, it's actually a funny story. So I was looking for a t-shirt supplier and because I could make them myself, but when it comes to t-shirts, that's too much. I, I'd rather yeah. someone professional handle it because they're going to be more money because that's how, you know, capitalism works. It's more, yeah, it's more stuff than a, or more material than a hat. So I was looking around for suppliers and then I ran into our old equipment guy, Chris Moore at UVA at one of the games. And I knew he wasn't working with the team anymore because he had, I, I think they announced they had a new guy and I was like, oh, okay. So Seymour's not with them. And he was like, oh no, I make custom apparel now. Like, let me know. And I was like, okay. Fate. So, so we've, uh, we've been in the talks of getting designs finalized and getting that out. So that should be out very soon. The big doggy brand, we're aiming for October 1st to release them officially oh, on the website, it. but yeah, always evolving. We're also going to come out with something. This is probably my favorite. You know how in the fall conditioning's huge. You will always see videos of players running or doing drills. They always have headbands on, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to make a headband that says college baseball is rattle on one side. And then you can flip it over and the other side says conditioning is not rattle. Um, that's what i'm very proud of that's like i, I want to take that yes. one to shark tank i'm going to be proud of that i i can't wait to see it come to light that is great because conditioning is not rad we all need to do it for the health of our our, our persons but you're right it's not rad yeah i was i mean talking about it. i was in the gym today and i'm not just saying that to say i went to the gym when i didn't need to but I mean, whatever um yeah. but this truth uh, hurts this, uh, this uh, older gentleman walked by and there's a coffee machine in the, in the place right next to my weight room at where I live. And uh, this older guy walks in and he goes, my heart doesn't have enough beats to waste any on exercise. And I really thought about that. And I was like, I mean, I'm kind of with you, man. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm just trying to get a couple more, you know, add something back to the tank, yeah. see if we can cancel some things out. But yeah. all right. <laughs> now that's to do with some wisdom right there. Well, yeah. that's well played. That, that was quite a start to the day. <laughs> Love it. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, yeah. What, what, a, what a full circle episode. We Ooh. talked about a lot of different topics, but I mean, that's kind of what you're going to get out of us. I feel like where 
I will drop a little bit of college baseball and then Coach Rooney will take it and run with it and get way more insightful than I could ever imagine being because that's his gift. That is his skill. It is something remarkable that I aspire to one day have. So I, I think this was a great microcosm of where we plan to go with this podcast. Typically, episodes will be a little bit shorter. I won't ramble on as much, but that, that's typically what we're going to be. We're going to try to provide some more insight too and just look at overall at what college baseball is and share that with the rest of you. So Coach Rooney, you want to take us away? Yeah, can't wait. No, this was super fun. Yeah, you're right. We went longer, uh, longer than, than we probably will in the future. But this was joyous, Stephen. This is what I thought it would be is it would be joyous. And it was. Uh, so that is it. We appreciate everyone listening. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe to the Shock Factor podcast. And uh, that's it. Everybody have a great week and we will catch you next time on the Shock Factor podcast. The Shock Factor podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away. Throw our last Crunch Berry. No! No one steals my crunch berries. I think you mean my crunch berries. Choose your own crunch venture with Captain Crunch. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply.